Welcome to From the Spot, the first podcast to officially announce they're running against Donald Trump in 2024. <laughs> Yeah, um, I would. Hey, combined, both you and I are over 35. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can get away with it one way or another. Um, yeah. The only issue is we got to decide who's president and who's VP. Hey, dude, as long as I'm not the legs of the operation, we'll be fine. Dude, that's so factual that, yeah, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> You're joining us for the first time. I'm David, and that motherfucker over there, <clears throat> uh, you're, we're your host of From the Spot. Uh, welcome. Um, again, if you are new, if you're not new, share us, motherfuckers. Help us grow. Good. Be part of the team. Um, we might give away another cool jersey. We'll see. But, um, Eddie, let's jump into business, man. How you doing this week? Um, a big, big project wrapped up at work today, so it means I will be working hard the rest of the week, so I'm excited about that. What about you, David? Uh, it's, it's getting there, man. It's definitely getting better. Um, my only hope is nobody brings up CR7 at work anytime soon, but Jesus. we'll get more to that later. Uh, but Eddie, let's start off light. Let's start off easy. Uh, let's talk about, and I know, you know, we, we kind of mentioned it, um, pre-recording. We didn't want to focus too much on this, but let's talk about the top of the premier league. Just, just real quick, Eddie, Arsenal five points ahead at the break for the world cup. Uh, five points ahead of Manchester City, who ended up losing uh, last time around to Brentford, uh, thanks to Ivan Tony. Uh, Eddie, is it time for the Gunners to start getting excited? Well, okay, <clears throat> so we're well. There are fourteen games in, which I did the math. That's more than a third of the way, and due to the World Cup. Even though it's not 19 games, this is the de facto halfway point. So we're literally more than a third of the way through the season, but not halfway yet, but sort of halfway due to World Cup circumstances. So if Arthur could maybe reinforce their defensive midfield uh, during the Transfer window, I, I I think they have a shot at this, and of course Ben White doesn't get injured at the World Cup, and you know all their key players. But Arsenal should really start to believe if they haven't. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? Oh, uh, Eddie, that before I get my opinion on Arsenal, uh, let's touch a little bit on reinforcing uh, this winter uh, window, the the transfer window in January. Um, it's usually a shit window to try to get players in. It's 31 days, right? Like 31 days, uh, the whole month of January. They have to work in a super tight schedule, try to get these players in mid-season, 
adjust and perform. Uh, with the World Cup and the right before this window opening, do you think many teams are actually going to invest? Um, is it would it be a right time for Arsenal to invest with all these players being overrun with games? <clears throat> well, okay, look. Like, it's a five-point lead, right? But what's a five-point lead to to a beast like Man City? Um, especially because uh, their first game of the season, Arsenal-Man City, got delayed. So they, <laughs> their one game in hand is each other. So, like, shit will get settled real quick once that game gets played. So I think Arsenal doesn't have a choice. You know? Um, but, like... For example, and I'm, I'm sure we'll touch more on this later, like someone we all expected to maybe move by the latest this summer, um, and Cuckoo and Cuckoo got hurt today, so, you know, there's one guy gone. Not that Arsenal particularly need him, but my thing is, is Cuckoo will show out over these next four weeks and force a move? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's fair. Um, and to answer your, your question before on what I thought about Arsenal, uh, I do think they're def- they're going to struggle. Uh, they're an injury and a suspension, maybe even two injuries away from all of this falling apart. Uh, what happens if, you know, Bukayo Saka ends up injury- injured for a long time, pretty screwed there. Um, they're pretty dependent on them. Um, Granite Chaka is a three-game suspension uh, and them kind of player. They didn't happen. Yeah, Odegaard, you know, has had a, a not so great injury record. Um, Gabriel Martinelli is going to the World Cup. He can pick up an injury there, so it can definitely fall apart. Uh, the beast that they're facing in City is really just that—a beast. Which Eddie, let's talk about real quick. Losing against Brentford, I, I don't know if even as a, as a United fan, I don't really know if I would use this loss against uh, City. Brentford came in super motivated. Ivan Tony even more motivated after being pretty much ignored by Gareth Southgate. Um, he's definitely one that deserves to be at the World Cup, in my opinion. But, um, Eddie, tell me, what's your take on that? Um, look, Brentford is that team. They proved it last year that they belong in this league. And, um, I mean, you remember, David, um, early on this season, what was it, week two? They clapped up your side for a nil. So, like, Brentford doesn't fear, like, big-name teams. Like, they're just here to ball, you know? So... And I, I completely agree with you. Ivan Tony was like, you want to take Callum Wilson over me? Now, Callum Wilson deserves it, but I'm sure Ivan Tony doesn't quite see it that way right now. So, um, shout out to Brentford because last year they beat Arsenal on their return to the Premier League. This year they beat Man United and now Man City. They, they fear no one in this league. Fair. And, Eddie, you know, you, you bring up Caleb Wilson, but let me bring up, you know, so a few other players. How about 
you know, maybe over Raheem Sterling, who hasn't really been in the best form, would you take Ivan Tony over Raheem Sterling? Uh, no, because see, how about, how about over another player who's going to England, but again, not exactly lighting it up, Jack Grealish. See, like I'm, I'm, I know they're different positions, right? But to me, the one player that doesn't deserve to be on the England squad, and it's not because he's a shit player. It's simply just because he hasn't played. I don't understand how Calvin Calvin Phillips can get into the England side when he's played, like, less than 20 minutes this season. And that's not me, like, looking for hyperbole. I legit think he hasn't played 20. Yeah, I I think this squad helps the case of Southgate out. Um, there's a lot of players that I think... And you know what? Uh, and and I, I'm glad you brought this up. I, I know we said we'd talk World Cup a little bit later, but... Um, why not? Let's let's talk a, a little bit about England right now. But there's a lot of players in here, Eddie, to finish my train of thought, that you can absolutely argue they don't deserve a spot here. And there's a lot of other players that you can argue do. I'm going to throw some random names at you, Eddie. And do you agree with me that they do not deserve a spot, um, either based by form, not playing, or just, you know, basically being shit? Um, Eddie, I it's gonna sound like I'm slandering him, but again, I want to focus this on on straight objectivity, um, and again, form things like that. Harry Maguire. Come, come on, um, I understand why he's there because he does seem to play a bit better for England, bar the Germany result in the Nations League a couple months ago. But no, he 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 doesn't deserve to. To be there, I, I would have taken some more. Like, and, and I look. go on wax, Eddie. Let me go on wax and say that I agree with you as a Harry Maguire fan. I am a Maguire fan, in all fairness to him. And I do think he has a role to play. I'm not saying he's like this world class elite player, but he does have a role to play in the squad. And I agree with that as a <laughs> Harry Maguire fan. But go ahead, finish your thought. Um, what I was going to say is a lot of people have said, well, like, Tamori's taking a step back this season, blah, 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 but it's like, bro, like, um, he was saying a defender of the year last year, and yeah. if, if we're speaking still on past performances, like, Maguire last year and this year, or Tamori just last year, like, you have to take Tamori, I don't... I don't get it. But go ahead, David, next player. Next player would be Luke Shaw. Um, I actually would have taken Luke Shaw. To, to, to be honest with you. Yeah, I guess there's so, uh, enough injuries there to make a case. <laughs> no, no, um, no, would you no, be comfortable no, starting him? No, not just injury-wise, though. Um, I really do think... Whatever connection or lack thereof he seems to have with Harry at United, it doesn't seem to affect their England play as much. And yeah, Chilwell's out, we streamed his out. Let, let's be honest, 
The only reason Trent's on the plane is because Reese James got hurt. Like, he would have been left out. But um, I have no problem starting Luke Shaw. Alright, alright. And what about Jordan Henderson? No, and, and you know, you guys know me. Um, I back Arsenal, and I back Liverpool in the Prem. Not seriously, like, we all know I'm a Boca Junior and a Barca fan, but those are, those are the two teams I like. But Hendo, Hendo doesn't deserve to be there. It, look, Hendo's one of those appearance type of players. He's smart. But the body can't keep up with the brain anymore. And it's just, he could be a liability if England get caught on the break. Like, if if, if McKinney plays a through ball to, to Christian, let's say, or... Like, uh, Gareth Bale gets released, like, there's no way Hendo is, like, helping out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. I think he is a liability. Um, I would say Calvin Phillips next, but I'm not going to jump on that based on the fact that we definitely agree he doesn't deserve to be there. But, um, David, um, um, I, I have a question. I have a question, and... Yeah. This is just based off me playing goalkeeper. I I understand why why he's loyal to um the Everton goalkeeper. His name escapes me right now. Pickford. Pickford, yeah. But you you have to start either Ramsdale or Pope on form, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think Pickford is good to have there uh, because he did contribute a lot to England and. Uh, I don't think that he doesn't exactly deserve a place in the squad, but based on how they're doing and performing, I don't think he should be in the first choice, per se. It would Pickford, be his battle for to be on the bench. Pickford should play the Leverton rule. Like, Leverton's not seeing a minute for Brazil because he has Allison and Edison ahead of him. And, like, he should provide the experience, like, hey, like, tournament play is way different. Ramsdale and Pope, then, you know, season play, so this is the mentality you should have, you know? Definitely. Uh, and Eddie, I'm going to make the argument that Caelan Wilson should not be on the plane to Qatar, but strictly because, again, I to me, Ivan Tony has done more, contributes more, and if Harry Kane would go down... An injury. Um, I would prefer to look at Ivan Tony on the bench versus Caleb Wilson. No, uh, agree or disagree. And look, I'm, I don't want to ignore the form that Caleb has had this season. It's 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 good, but it's just would you would you rather drive a Fiat or or a Mustang if like if, if you're looking for Speed, you know what I mean? Like, like, don't get me wrong, Fiat's are cool, but it's not a Mustang. <clears throat> you know what I mean? So, David, um, to Tammy Abraham feel slighted that he's also not on the plane? Uh, yeah, I mean, to to go back to the whole um defense omissions. Um, you can also argue Chris Malling should feel slighted uh, playing for Roma and performing for Roma. Um, 
you know, at the beginning of the segment, like I said, there's a lot of, there's a few English players we can make arguments don't deserve to go, but there's a lot of players we can make arguments that definitely deserve to go. Um, Eddie, speaking of players who, you know, might feel slighted, not feel slighted, Jude Bellingham, is this the World Cup that's going to force that big money move everybody has expected him to make? Or do you think he's going to stay loyal to Dortmund um, for at least two more years? Because I, I do kind of expect him to move on in the summer. Well, here's the, here's the thing. Now, it, it looks like CD's all in on him this summer, right? Right. But, but, my question is, what if he doesn't see significant time this tournament and that affects his form for Dortmund, you know? It just, it really depends on whether Gareth's going to let him play or not. Like, Drew Bellingham could very well play the Hamas Rodriguez 2014 role. You know what I mean? Where like Hamish yeah, was, where was like making a name for himself at Monaco, and then 2014 World Cup hit, and like I'll I'll never forget. Um, I think it was Peter Drury's call after he scored that chest volley, where he just goes, "Oh my goodness, the boy's a star," and it's true. Like, like that that. That World Cup made Thomas Rodriguez. Now, this World Cup could take a very high price tag for Jude already and just take it through the fucking moon. Uh, Eddie, if, if you're England manager, do you start him as your primary playmaker? I start Phil. Who's, um, where do you start Jude, if at all? If I had to play Jude, like, if I'm going to put him in the starting 11, I'd play him for Raheem. And just hope for the best. And, or, or, or maybe switch that and put Thornton in there for Raheem. And then just be like, here, just play here. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I think... We've said it enough on this pod. We're huge fans of Jude Bellingham. Um, whether or not he's a big, he has a big tournament, it's kind of up to him. But Eddie, um, France has had a pretty tough time with injuries and you know behind the scenes uh, drama. Um, could we start to consider to write off France? I'm not saying we should. I'm saying, should we at least consider it? I mean, all these injuries you mentioned it earlier, and Kunko's out now. Who you know, is, he's obviously a great playmaker. No, um, and France is already pretty thin in the midfield. They've had to go super young due to all these injuries. Um, yeah. <clears throat> what do you think, man? Um, no, um, you can always. You can always count on the French to provide you an interesting story at a, at a big tournament. Now, look, I don't want to sound asinine because 
Benzema is the current Ballon d'Or holder. Uh, Mbappe is a top three player in the world. So, <clears throat> that may be enough to get them a quarterfinal win, but due to no Pogba, no Conte, no Nkunku, I just, I can't see him going any further than that at the moment. Right, fair enough. And, Eddie, that is my way of softly introducing probably one of the hardest conversations uh, I had to prepare myself for because I knew it was inevitable. I actually um, told my wife, Eddie, you'll, you'll probably know exactly what I'm jumping into um, with the story. But uh, I told my wife last night, I was like, well, I'm going to have to take my the jersey I have in my office and replace it with a different one. Um, Eddie, do you recall what jersey I have hanging in my office? A Cristiano Ronaldo 2008, I believe? Yep, a 2008 original Cristiano Ronaldo home jersey. God damn. Um, with the patches from winning the championship, uh, winning the Premier League, I should say. So yeah, Eddie. Um, let's talk CR seven. Um, we'll we'll talk the club repercussions, but since we're already there, this drama that Cristiano Ronaldo's bringing uh, does that kind of bring down the chances for Portugal? Uh, considering he's he alienated the club captain Bruno Fernandes and their starting right fullback in um, Diego Dalo. Um. Um, Is this un unwanted drama before? David, have you not seen the Gonzalo video? Let, let, let me ask you. So, a, a, a video came out today of uh, Cristiano walking onto the pitch for training, and he sees Gonzalo, and he tries to, like, banter about with him. Like, he grabs him by the shoulders because he wants to mess around or whatever. And, like, Gonzalo takes his hands and, like, takes them off his body and very sternly says something. And that, to me, is amazing because, like, as far as United goes, like, Gonzalo doesn't care about United. He plays for City, so... I think, yes, I think... Cristiano has divided the locker room, no doubt, but I I didn't think it would be that bad to where even Gonzalo's kind of scolding Ronaldo. I don't... Can, can I get your thoughts on this? Well, I think a couple things... Well, more than a couple things, Eddie, obviously. Um, I... I will openly admit, not just as a United fan, that I was a fan of Cristiano Ronaldo as he was growing as a player, because obviously he peaked with Real Madrid, right? Like, yeah. with us for that peak moment. But um, I, I, I've i always kind of been a supporter, um, obviously, up until now. Um, I do have his jersey hanging in my office as a major fan. But uh, the way he just attacked everybody just kind of doesn't make sense. Um there is a talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and 
his uh, influence over the whole Portuguese setup. Um, so they've had players officially retire because of that. I wanted to be involved. So I do think it splits up the locker room. I'm sure there's players like, um, you know, you brought up the Cancelo video. There's one with Bruno Fernandes walking into the uh, Portugal locker room and kind of being not exactly, you know, like straight up ignoring Ronaldo, but it was a cold kind of high kind of thing. Like, oh, and then, David, just real quick, like, especially as as men, right, we're, we're taught that handshakes are very important. And, yeah. like, you see Cristiano put his hand up, put his hand up for a handshake, and then Bruno just kind of gives him a quick, like, I don't really want to shake your hand right now. And, yeah, yeah, like, that's super disrespectful. Like, uh, at least the way I was raised, if you, like, if you shortchange someone on on a handshake, like, that's worse than giving them the finger. At, at least to me. So, that, to me, that's just make or break. That's make or break in some cultures, man. Like, people will either say, fuck <laughs> you, fuck this guy, or, you know, all right, this guy's cool. Yeah, no, so, like, that, like, People were like, oh, look, look at the way he's ignoring Cristiano. I was like, fuck that. Look at the handshake. Like, that to me was, was major. And, Absolutely. you know, David, when when I asked you about this privately, um, you said, well, he is club captain, so he kind of does have to draw a line in the sand. But, and I'm, I'm sure, David, you will agree, like, this interview did not need to happen. No, it, it didn't. And, you know, the the timing's not surprising. And honestly, what's more surprising is the aftermath, right? Because I think they're, in general, true Manchester United fans, in general consensus, we are, you know what, Ronaldo's out. You know, we don't care how it has to happen, but he, basically, the legacy's burnt. Again, I... Have been a major stand his whole career, but I'm replacing his shirt with my Jason Park one, right? Like a true club legend. Um, it's all good, but in the sense of um, Eddie, before I, I let you jump in here, I, I think a, a major part of this too is the way that he did it. Um, he did it with Piers Morgan, who is an Arsenal fan and a complete rat. Um, he attacked Eric Ten Hag as a manager. He attacked the squad. Attacked uh, the him attacking the owners. He gets a pass on because that's deserved. But he attacked true cr- club legends and Wayne Rooney, Gary Neville, and then you have people like Rio Ferdinand trying to defend him. I don't know if you've seen that, Eddie. I I have. So I haven't. Really saying that all oh, that the club needs to co- ha- should have communicated better with him and been ahead of this and stopped all this. And Jamie Carragher is the one that put him in his place, saying that's not no, that's not how it works. Like that Ronaldo's a liability. He's definitely not an asset to the <laughs> club, and that's all true. Um, so the only thing we can hope for, I think, as United fans, is that there's some kind of contract termination, and he's gone, 
in January. David, uh, correct me on two things if I'm wrong. And if, if I'm wrong, that's okay. I've been on the pod before. Um, this past summer, is it not true that United were willing to let Cristiano go on a free and no one took the offer? Or is that just a rumor I heard? From my understanding, um, it's true that we were trying to move Ronaldo on per his request and no clubs bit. And that was the issue. Uh, there was a major rumor that the only true clubs willing to negotiate was uh, Middle Eastern clubs, which he wasn't willing to go to. He wants to build on his uh, Champions League reputation. The other rumor I heard was Napoli may may have been willing, but it would have required us to take Osimhen, which I would take him. Victor Osimhen, uh, he plays for Nigeria. He's a great striker, to, in all fairness to him. But we would also have to pay $100 million and part of Ronaldo's wages. So that just sounds like straight... Um, hostage situation kind of negotiating yeah would do that and and then the the rumor i heard is that todd bowley chelsea's new owner wanted him and thomas tuchel said absolutely not like i do not need him and that's what began to sour the tuchel bowley relationship whether that's true or not um, I guess we'll never know. The, the other thing I wanted to ask you was after after United triumphed in Moscow in 2008, didn't Ronaldo say something like, oh, United's blocking my move to, to Madrid? Is that true or, or, or no? So, um... A lot of t- to digest there, Eddie. Um, so, to begin, the Todd Bowley Chelsea links, I do believe, because it's re- recently been reviewed or released, um, revealed, that's more of the word I'm looking for, um, that part of the reason and the main reason Thomas Tuchel did not want Cristiano is because Ralph Rangnick, who mentored Tuco and introduced him to coaching, told him it's not worth it. And Ronaldo openly dislikes Ranjak, um, based on that interview where even the Austrian national team as a whole came out, like the players did, not the FA, to back Ranjak over Cristiano's comments. Um, that's crazy. But, you know, that's part of the reason. So yeah, I, I believe that, Eddie, and I believe that rumor um to actually have been something um back in those days that he he did make us think about going to real madrid but alex ferguson convinced him to stay one more year um which is the year we lost to messi in the champions league final and he ended up making that move to real and and, and see here's my thing the first time he left the club, he left it causing a stink. 
Now, he's not just causing a stink. He's setting off nuclear bombs as he's doing his club. From the outsider's perspective, and my view on Ronaldo has changed a lot because as a, as a Messi fan, boy, I was like, really so Messi. Like, I wasn't acknowledging his greatness. But from an outsider's perspective, United fans don't owe Cristiano anything. This club doesn't owe Cristiano anything. So, <laughs> I honestly think what he's doing is he wants his contract terminated, so you guys have to pay him, and then he can go sign elsewhere. Yeah, I think that's exactly what he's doing, Eddie, in all fairness. Um, so, I, I think, too, though, um, it's, it's going to make it hard for teams to want to sign Cristiano Ronaldo unless he's a World Cup top goal scorer <laughs> and World Cup winner. Um, he's definitely alienated himself, Eddie. He's not the 2008 Ballon d'Or winner anymore. Uh, when he finally did get that move to Real Madrid in 2009, which in all fairness, we knew as United fans, he wanted, um, we knew he was a Real Madrid fan. That's what he wanted to do eventually. So it's not like it was exactly a surprise in in that moment's defense, but he's, 38 now, Eddie. He can't exactly make the move he thinks he can. He's not the player he used to be. His mobility is not really there anymore. He runs out of gas, you know, after about 60 minutes. Um, And it's not to exactly criticize him. Um, It's more of saying... Uh, he doesn't have the leverage that he thinks he has. Exactly. Exactly. His body's letting him know, like, hey, even though you've kept me in great shape, like, Father Time catches everybody. You know what I mean? And to your point, David, like, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, like, don't come at me, MLS fanboys, but I'm, I couldn't even think of one MLS team that would be like, I want a 38-year-old Ronaldo who's only scored three goals. Like, like the, the only person in Manchester who should be disappointed by Cristiano leaving the club is Garnacho, because he's, he's um, Garnacho's hero. Like, yeah, pretty much. That, that's got to be the only thing. Um, which, if by the way, if you don't know this, let me just put this out there. Um, that day, I mentioned it to my wife, you know, because I, I just thought it was a, a cool tidbit. And she even, you know, she said, that, no, yeah, that, that's actually a really cool tidbit. <laughs> Garnacho's first goal for Manchester United did come in the Europa League, but it was assisted by Cristiano Ronaldo who made his debut for Manchester United before Garnacho was born and <laughs> happened to give him the assist. <laughs> Fuck, really, dude? Um, no, that, that is awesome. Um, David, um, can I make a plea? Like, I'm, I'm, I know Jason Park is your dude, and he very much deserves a place in your office. But, how, let me just throw some names out there. Do you have a Berbatov? I do not. 
Okay. Do you have a schools? I do not. I know you're not going to have this one, but you should get it to be different, and it's a conversation starter. You should go out and get an Edwin Vanderstar and play it up in your office, because who has a goalkeeping jerseys? They would be different. So, uh, here's a, a weird goalkeeper jersey story. So... I'm going to go on wax and say I'm not a major USMNT fan, not because I'm a fucking hater, but because, like, they're super fucking overrated. Um, hate to say it, but white folk think they're hot shit, but they're not. Uh, and we play the super outdated fucking style of football. It's like watching an AYSO game, but with adults. It fucking sucks. Let's be honest. Um, unless the U.S. is playing rapid and 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 or it's another who are our country respectively, they just naturally set up to counterattack, and it's like you don't even need to. Right? It's fucking stupid. It's I'm telling you, it's AYSO, but for adults. Um. Anyway, uh, my point being. I, at one point, had an authentic uh, Tim Howard goalkeeper shirt um, from 2000, I forgot, I forgot some squad. It was a nice jersey, dude. It was a really nice one. The only problem... Well, was it the black one I picture him in when I think of him playing for, for Manchester United? No, it was it was a national team one. Um, yeah. right, let me see if I can think, maybe figure it out. Uh, I think it was from two thousand eight, roughly. Okay. okay. So, anyway, long story short, I had it. It was like a two sizes too big. Uh, but I thought it was the coolest fucking shirt because I'm like, it's Tim Howard. But then I realized, wait a second, I hate the national team. It doesn't make any fucking sense. So uh, I traded that jersey, Eddie. Do you know what I traded it for? Well, it's not a bad because you said you don't have one. Uh, oh, it's lower. It's, it's, a, it's not even worth the trade, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> um... I'm going to go ahead and say a Pando Ramirez uh, Guatemala 2006 qualifying jersey. Dude, that would be amazing. Um, no, I traded it for a PSG jersey, an authentic one in my size that I had every intention to get and that Herrera put on it. But it's somewhere in the back of my closet right now where I haven't seen it in almost a year. <laughs> Dude, um, dude, I was gonna say like, look, if you still have the the Timmy Howard jersey, I'd take it. But you trade it, and it, it, it's a fair trade. Um, I, I look, you think you won that trade just because it's PSG? Yeah, okay, it's a it's it's a nice shirt. It's authentic. But um, anyway, Eddie. Um, with that said. Where does Cristiano Ronaldo realistically go from here? Um, is he going to stay in Qatar after the World Cup? Honestly, like he's going to end up playing for Al Assad or something because I'm 
I don't even think Sporty will take him at this point. And, like, I've been the one saying, like, Ronaldo should go back to Sporty. But um, um, at this point, what major club is going to be like, give me that guy who breaks up the locker room when no one needs it? Right. And to really, like, I, I know we're fucking beating a dead horse at this point, but to really drive it home is right now, Manchester United more than ever need a striker. We're getting some creativity back in. Bruno's kind of kicking in some form. Um, Rashford is finally kind of kicking in some form on the wing. And we got Anthony. We need a lethal striker. Garnacho off the bench is amazing. Um, and we don't have that. Martial, I mean, Martial is the ideal kind of striker in the system, but he's pretty much injured like 80% of the time. There should be a moment for Cristiano Ronaldo to step up, and he just didn't. Um, uh- Question. I know it would be a fuck ton of money, but let me throw a name out there. I think United should contact the offices at the Santino and be like, what will it take to get Lautaro Martinez? And just negotiate. Lautaro Martinez would be a great signing, I think, for the system. Um, I would. I want Lautaro at Manchester United. Uh, I've been a fan of him for at least the last three seasons, where he's just been consistently banging the man, or at the very least being a menace in the final third. Um, yeah. <laughs> great touch and a lot of speed, man. And and think about it. Like even if he doesn't hit the ground running at United, I'm not saying he's going to, but hey. In this hypothetical, he does. He would draw so much attention that he would open shit up for Rashford and Martial and whoever else is up front, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, there, there's few other strikers that I think would make that impact. I mean, like, maybe Mbappe, who's obviously an untouchable. Um, from there... I mean, there's not really many other strikers. Like Lewandowski just moved to Barcelona, um, and it was a move he wanted. It's obvious he's not going to leave. Uh, Mane's not going to go to United because of the history, you know, with Liverpool, and he just barely moved to Bayern. Uh, what other striker? I mean, there's not really many others that will. I mean, there's one, but due to who he plays for. And him just getting to that club, like, they're not letting him go. But, and I hate saying his name because he played for Gilead, but Julian Alvarez would do great at United, but he, he'll never play for them. Right, it just wouldn't happen. But, um, Eddie, let's talk about something that did happen. Let's talk about... The FIFA documentary and the E60 on uh, FIFA, which you took some time to watch. Yes. So why don't you give us uh, some reviews here? Okay, let me start off with the um, excellent work done at E60 by Jamie Sharp and his club. Um, if you all remember, uh, take your mind back to 
2014, after Qatar was chosen, um, as the 2022 uh, host nation, uh, Jeremy Shop and his team went to Qatar, and they just documented the shitty living conditions for um, the workers and stuff, and, and you know, brought international attention to um, what was going on. Now, to be fair to Qatar, they have drastically improved the living conditions for the workers. They now live on, like, a campus instead of in the fucking gutter. And, you know, they have health care. They're allowed to switch jobs now. The rumor is because when you travel to Qatar to become an immigrant worker, you get sponsored by a company, and before, you can only work for that company. And um, this one lady, who in the original 2014 version of the reporting, she was the one that estimated that over 4,000 people would die before a ball is kicked in Qatar. And she's back this time around, and she's like, Things are way better, um, you know, and so I was like, oh shit, like maybe, like I even started to think maybe David and myself went too hard on Qatar for the Qatar episodes, but then they interviewed this Scottish dude who works for a nonprofit called, I think it's Fair Play, um, and he says, yes, things have improved, but they're still shit. <laughs> <laughs> like the bar was so low that they raised it and off the ground and everybody lost their shit. <laughs> you know? It didn't really make a difference overall. Yeah. Well, uh, look, okay. So one thing that caught my attention, right, is that a lot of people this time around were willing to be on camera, were willing to be seen, right? <laughs> Uh, and, like, before, like, they were, like, they did that thing where they're interviewed, but they're in the shadows, and, like, they changed their voice so you can't, you know, tell who it is, and I'm like, well, that's good. Um, <clears throat> you know, like, at least people are willing to be on camera this time. But, here's my thing, when Jeremy Shepard asked them, like, hey, has, have things gotten better here in Qatar? They would go off in whatever language they speak, whether it be, like, Nepalese, Pakistani, or whatever. Like, they would go off, and, like, the subtitle would just be like, yes, things have gotten better, but this person is still speaking, and they stop, they stop translating, so I'm like, what's going on here, you know? Like, did Qatar yeah. force ESPN? To stop? No, look, the general disposition of workers, they did look a lot happier, and a lot of them saying, say that they have Friday off now, and that they hope that when the World Cup is there, that they're allowed to get in to see some games, because, um, I don't know if you know this, David, 90% of, of Qatar's population are the immigrant workers that live there. So, 
Uh, I mean, they built the motherfucking stadiums. They should be allowed to be there. There's you know, three hundred and thirty thousand Qatari citizens and right. a population of two point something million. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know, two point something million people. Two two million of them are immigrants. And okay, so here's here's the other thing that kind of caught my attention, David, is. Um, at one point, um, Jeremy Schapp is sitting across from the labor reforms minister, right? Okay. And Jeremy Schapp, being a true reporter, asks him a tough question. And, you know, he showed him evidence of people who showed up to Qatar and they've gone back to their home countries in you know, coffins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he asked him, doesn't the Qatari state have a responsibility to pay these families who've lost husbands, fathers, brothers, cousins, whatever? And dead, like, the Qatari minister dude looks dead into the camera and says, we've looked into these things and we found that no one has died um, directly connected to building the stadiums. Meanwhile, you know, families are telling Jeremy Shop, like, he left here at 27 and died of a heart attack a year later. And he was fully healthy. As, as far as a 27-year-old could be healthy. And it's like, you don't see anything there. So it's like, I applaud Qatar for not letting people leave and and shit, because they were, but you, I mean, if we're really going to change shit there, like, you have to admit that some people died. <laughs> well, even you know? any, um, not, not to take away from all that, which is obviously super important and needs to be more acknowledged, <laughs> but Eddie, let's also talk about people kind of feeding into it. Um, I think it's easy to say... Uh, or at least bring up the um, Qatar World Cup ambassador, Khalid Salman, saying, you know, being gay is a mental illness, which... It's not. You know, no, it's not, right? Like, it's it, it takes somebody pretty fucking stupid to say that out loud. But I, that's too easy. That's way too easy. Let me challenge you with something else. How about the reports that Hugo Lloris will not be wearing the uh, rainbow kind of captain's armband that there's a lot of talk about captains coming together and wearing in protest of Qatar and the regime and in support of all the marginalized people who you know have had to suffer because of this regime and who are oppressed because of this regime. Hugo Lloris is one of the um, captains reported not to be fully for doing this and will not be doing this. And there's some rumors that it's not exactly him personally, but pressure from the FA, including the president, um, President Macron, uh, of the country, because they're pretty much in bed with Qatar. Any thoughts on that? David, this is a great segue. You set me up before, but thank you for basically giving me a tap in here. 
This leads me into the other movie, FIFA Uncovered. This is on Netflix. Uh, FIFA Uncovered basically goes through the process of how both Russia and Qatar basically bought their World Cups through bribery. And um, so the first episode, because it's a four-part thing, goes into how basically SEP was brought in by the previous president because SEP knew marketing type of thing, right? And SEP kind of like stabs him in the back in uh, 1994 and basically, uh, or no, 1990, and forces him to admit that his final term will last until 94 and then there will be elections, right? So for the next FIFA president. And that becomes a president or whatever. He faces a couple challenges. And I believe it's during his second election. Michel um, Platini is going to vote for um, the other guy, not Sepp. And um, because uh, Platini was the left out president, most European countries were going to follow suit and vote for the other candidate, right? Allegedly, um, Michel Platini was contacted by the French president at the time and said, yo, like, you have to vote for him because we're trying to get these deals done with the Qataris, and the Qataris are going to vote for SAP. So, like, this French-Qatari connection goes back. Way back. So, I believe it. I believe that Macron would have got on the phone and said, Ugo can't wear that shit. Yeah, like, honestly, and, and Eddie, you mentioned it before, like, you're the one that watched these and, you know, was going to talk about it during the pod. I didn't even know that was part of that. And that's wild, man. Uh, we would, most people would think of France to be a little bit more progressive, um, or at least more open-minded, but I think we should be aware a little bit of, um, perceptions can sometimes be deceiving. Yes. Um, I'm sure too, you know, here in the United States where we're based out of, you know, there was also some weird behind the scenes stuff. I mean, there's reports that, you know, we talked about it last time. The CIA agent who defected for Qatar, which is super fucking weird. Yeah. Um, but Eddie, you, you have something? And look, we're not any better. So the only reason that SEP got forced out of FIFA is basically the U.S. got butthurt or upset. I, sorry, upset that Qatar won the 2022 World Cup and basically decided to investigate and, like, started connecting the dots. Look, both the E60, it's called Qatar's World Cup, and FIFA Uncovered, they're worth the five hours of your time. The E60 is one hour before FIFA Uncovered episodes are one hour Okay. Some of the best five hours you'll spend if you want to get a grip of this World Cup. Um, so I can't recommend them enough. 
right, that's, that's good to know. And Eddie, the World Cup, it's coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, whether or not, excuse me, but whether or not we are ready for it or we agree with it. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it, dude. I, I took my vacation off and went for the vacation. These are fucking slap. We are, uh, bro, we are five days away. So Sunday, 8 a.m. is the opening match of, between Qatar and Ecuador. Eddie, with the World Cup right around the corner, tell me, who do you think wins? Um, do you want the biased answer or the non-biased answer? Um, both. Let's start with bias. Um, Argentina. The, this is Messi's World Cup. In, in my heart more than my mind. <clears throat> okay, and even with all the injuries, Eddie, you know, kind of struggle... To get there, the racist chants by fans that I kind of shared with you earlier. Um, you, <laughs> I'm okay. waiting on it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm not going to defend them. I'm not. Argentines are just... <laughs> they're Italians and they're Germans. And a lot of Italians and Germans went to Argentina post-World War II. So... It, some of them have very fucked up views. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. It's fucked up. I denounce them. Uh, as always, I'm not changing any stance just because I love Messi. That's fucked up. Don't, don't say fucked up shit to anybody. So Please. what Eddie is basically saying here is um, sometimes things just get a little messy. Um, <laughs> um, now, my non-biased answer, David, I really, really think Spain could do this. Well, I, I on, honestly didn't even think Spain would be part of this conversation. Uh, why Spain? Look, let's be honest. They were a couple minutes away from beating Italy to get to the Euro final. So now this team has a little bit more international experience. Um, they've revitalized pretty much everywhere except for like Busquets. <laughs> so like this team is young, it's hungry, it's willing to prove that they probably should have beaten Italy at the Euros. So maybe look. The reason I'm not picking Brazil isn't because I'm an Argentina fanboy. I just, I I can't see Thiago Silva and Danny Alves playing a bigger role. Now, the, the obvious answer is, well, Militao will probably start over, over Thiago Silva. But, I, even then, I have questions about this Brazilian defense. So, eh. Um, the Germans, I'm never going to back the Germans to win a World Cup. Um, the French are too hurt. Um, so if we put Argentina to the side, to me, the best remaining candidate is France, uh, Spain. So to further confirm that Argentinians are racist here, Eddie, former Argentinian <laughs> president said that 
Germany will probably win the World Cup because they have the superior race. Um, and that's a fact. With that. Yeah, I, I swear to God, you didn't hear that? Let me let me look this up real quick. I know we're running out of time, but fuck it. It's no. worth it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, so, show me this, and then I want to give the people a preview. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a... Uh, let me. I, I found it right away. Let me quote this for you, Eddie. Okay, okay. Uh, this is former Argentine president Macri on World Cup 22 favorites. Um, it's, uh, he said, I will include Argentina among the five candidates. Of course, there is Brazil. Portugal has very good players. France is the reigning champion with very good players. And Germany should never be ruled out because they are the top race. They always play to the end. I'm, I'm, I mean, that that literally just confirms what I said like five minutes ago. Like, there are a lot of Argentinians that have German and Italian roots. And because that's how we came over from Europe in like 46 to 49. Obviously, honestly... Through the fifties, but anyway, that last part is fucking wrong. But just real quick, real quick, okay. Um, fuck racism, fuck all that shit. But I'm I want to bring it back to something that you mentioned. Okay. I want to bring it back to Ecuador versus Qatar, and give the people a preview of a segment that you and I are hoping to bring to the show. Um, David, can we talk about a headline that I sent you a few days ago? Alright, let's talk about it. If you want to bring it up. Yeah. Let me, let me get to it. Jesus, you know, I text a lot. I only texted it to you like three days ago and it's hard to find. Give me a second. No, and while you look for that, uh, feel free to interrupt me, but because we are running out of time, make sure you follow our socials, make sure you're all up in that link tree, you share that link tree, motherfuckers, we brought it up at the top of the show, um, as we start to kind of narrow this down, uh, Eddie, what was I got so, David, uh, let me take a spot here, but instead of you agreeing with it or not, if you allow, allow it, we'll talk about it. If you say it or I missed, we just move on. All right, let's do this. Um, David, I'm going to take a spot kick and say that we should talk about Bayon Castillo and him missing out on the World Cup. But, uh, uh, you know, let, let, let's fucking talk about this. Fuck it. Okay, um, so my spot kick went in. And I'll, I'll, I'll make it quick, I promise. I just want to get your raw reaction. We, we will spend some more on it. So for those of you who don't know, Bayou Castillo is a player who helped Ecuador qualify for the World Cup, but there's a controversy as to whether he's actually Ecuadorian or Colombian, and... Allegedly, he, he was born very close to the border of, of like, Colombia and Ecuador. So, that's why his dad tried to fudge, like, a, a fake birth certificate. And, you know, how he ended up playing for Ecuador. 
Now, other countries such as Chile tried to take this all the way to the International Court for Sport and say, like, hey, Ecuador should even be at the World Cup. They used the player that's not even Ecuadorian, so someone else should go in their place. And obviously, Ecuador qualified, but due to the controversy, Bayou Castillo isn't going to the World Cup. David, your reaction? Um, I think that's a a lot of bullshit. To be fair, um, he's he's Ecuadorian, right? Like his parents are from Ecuador. He he's, a, he's Ecuadorian, uh, and I don't know. I I guess the the only real issue is that he did technically use like a altered birth certificate which is all against the rules and and it, and it is frowned upon but, but uh, like but like as Latin Americans right we 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 understand that record keeping isn't the fucking best right and, and on it really fucking isn't for a very long fucking time I had a valid Guatemalan birth certificate that had the wrong date of birth so don't get me fucking wrong Right, like I understand this, but I think the bigger thing that you know, be, before I let you uh, take over here, Eddie, I think the bigger thing that most people don't necessarily understand is is Latin American migration and self identity issues due to how people migrate. Right, so you know we're we're both you know children of migrants, Eddie. I don't know if you had the same experience, but. I never really felt accepted by, you know, quote unquote, fellow Americans. Uh, they always made me feel like I was foreign. Um, my parents being Guatemalan, well, fuck it. You know, I'm Guatemalan, I'm not American, right? And so same thing with Byron Castillo. He's not Colombian, he's Ecuadorian. Maybe he was born there and due to shitty bookkeeping, his birth certificate wasn't exactly clear. But at the end of the day, if he's Ecuadorian, he's Ecuadorian, right? I wholeheartedly um, agree with you, David. Like, for those of you who don't know, my dad's uh, Salvadorian, my mom's Guatemalan. Uh, you know, to Americans here, especially in California, I'm a Mexican, and like I have to grow up saying like, oh, I'm not. Anyway, that's not the point. And then to to, to my family back home, like. I'm the gringo, and it's like, if only you knew that I'm, I'm not, but it wasn't the point. Like, record keeping in our countries isn't the best. For example, David, did you know that today is my dad's birthday? But, I know that. but due to when he was born, especially in the Salvador, you were born, and then two days later, or three days later, they went and they signed the birth certificate. So even though today's November fifteenth, my dad has stated to me before that he thinks his actual day of birth is November thirteenth, nineteen fifty-eight. But because his uncle was like the mayor or something, he didn't get around to doing the paperwork until the fifteenth. So he forgot and he just put the fifteenth. 
And then my mom's birthday is tomorrow, and she thinks that she was born on like the 14th or whatever. So I just, I don't fucking know, dude. It shit happens. And I think it, it pretty much fucking sucks that Biden is being punished. Um, you know, he is only paid for Ecuador, from my understanding, right? Like, our. I, I believe so. He's he played for Ecuador under seventeen, under twenty. The senior team, obviously, he identifies as Ecuadorian. His parents again are Ecuadorian. Is it's a border dispute in regard of where he was born? So it's not even really like, oh, it's black and white. It's kind of like a border, like a dispute, at least at the time. Um, it, 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 and, and, it would be like being that, Eddie, be, be, before that. Um, on top of that, his Ecuador got a got a point deduction for the next time for the 2026 World Cup That's bullshit. with negative three points. Wait, so so they have to win that first qualifying game just to get to zero? Just to get to zero. That, that's a load of shit. Um, fucked out. That, David, that would just be like being born near Livingston, Guatemala, and being like, like if you're born in Livingston, you could like honestly, you could claim Belize, you know, because it's really like it's right there, you know. So, you get, like, uh, I get it, but uh, but David, um, there's some things I want to talk to you uh, in post production. So, tentatively. We could have a, a big social media announcement, so uh, click that link tree, which will be in the description, where you can find our Insta, our Twitter, our Facebook, and all our good shit, right, David? That's right. Not just that. You'll also find our Fantasy Premier League. It's not too late to join. And not just that, but it also includes the links to our um, our Apple kind of podcast, our Spotify, and our Anchor um, platforms, so that way your friends can listen. Share that link tree with your friends. So. Absolutely, absolutely. But David, I enjoy doing this each and every week with you, and I hope you do as well. Yes, sir. Every time, and yeah, we'll definitely keep this going for you guys, um, at least for those who are still listening. Um, gotta share us, help us grow. We're doing this for you guys and a little bit for us. Um, so make sure you do that. Thank y'all and good night. Have a good night.